What is up, homies? Welcome back to another review from Heroes Reforged. We are talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Before we get into the review, I want to let you know at up top, we will be talking about non-spoilers, giving our initial reactions about what we thought about the movie. Then, at a certain point, we will transition to spoilers, and we will let you know when we transition to them. I will tell you right now, if you are watching this review and you have not seen the movie yet, hit pause, favorite the video, come back after you see the movie, don't let yourself be spoiled because it is I think worth waiting until after you watch the movie also if you want to see our uncut reactions on patreon check those out patreon.com slash heroes reforged we're just about to finish moon Knight. we're gonna be doing plenty more stuff throughout the rest of the year and we are very very close to hitting 100,000 subscribers if you've been watching videos on here before and you haven't subscribed yet consider subscribing hit that red button make it gray if you've seen five of our videos and you like them hit sub please it helps us with the algorithm Absolutely. hit the like button too that helps us with the algorithm a lot so get us up to 100k let's do it yeah let's talk about this movie <laughs> this was my okay. this is my experience watching for. this movie the, the non-spoiler part of this is i think we all enjoyed it mm -hmm. and my experience was that i was sandwiched in between these handsome gentlemen and you both enjoyed the movie a lot I think Augustine mm -hmm. was having a rollicking good time, <laughs> laughing, I was. being shocked, I was. Like, saying holy like, shit a lot, <laughs> like audibly being like, whoa, like, like having a great time. And I could feel Adam yeah. sitting there and just being like, mm, this is tasty, this is tasty. I like it. <laughs> and I'd look over at him when like something was maybe going to happen mm -hmm. that was maybe a little spoopy. And mm -hmm. I could tell Adam mm -hmm. was like, I am content. I am content. This I was pretty engaged for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Initial thoughts are, I think that this movie is designed for theaters. It's designed for that kind of Marvel audience sort of opening weekend. I think that's going to be your best method of experiencing it. And I'll also say this. We mm -hmm. only saw the movie once and we saw it in 2D, not in 3D. I really mm -hmm. badly can't wait to watch in 3D. It's going to yes. be fun. This it's is going to be like watch in 3D. So, so that's something too. And knowing full well that we are still very much in a pandemic and all the airlines just got rid of that goddamn rule. So now they're so stoked about it. we don't have to wear masks on airplanes in these tubes where people are just coughing constantly. It's not going to get necessarily automatically better in terms of the global pandemic. So if you're someone who's like, well, I guess I'm waiting till Disney Plus. That's totally fair. That's totally valid. I, I know a lot of people that were like messaging us and being like, I'm waiting until Sunday to go see it early. So it's yeah. like less of a packed situation, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what kind of city you live in in the U.S. or around the world, what the availability is. All of those factors are different for everybody. And if you can go see the movie safely, uh, I think that it is designed for that for this kind of viewing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, the question is, is it going to sta like stand the test of time and be this, this really deep and engaging and thoughtful and reward you on repeat viewings and be one of the best MCU films? I don't think so, but I don't think the movie mm -hmm. was designed to do that. So some folks are going to be cool with that. And I think other people are going to be frustrated that it's not the best MCU movie mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if it's not the best, it must be the worst. That's not true. Um, That's so not true so those, are, those are my initial non-spoiler feelings about the movie. I had a really fun time, especially watching with you guys. And I cannot wait to watch it again. I can't wait to watch it with my girlfriend. I want to see what she thinks about it. That, those were my that, Those were my thoughts. Adam, 
Go. I will say that, you know, going into this movie, I had a good idea of what to expect from a movie directed by somebody like Sam Raimi. B-movie, mm -hmm. very grungy, very handheld mm -hmm. camera, very much with the zoom lenses. But also there is some somewhat of an elegance to his filmmaking as well. You know, you look at the Spider-Man movies, there's a lot of crane work, a lot of Steadicam work. And I do feel like that, I kind of got the best of both worlds in that. It's also very clear from what I've read on Twitter so far is that a lot of people who are watching this movie are saying how terrifying it is. We're definitely watching this movie with an audience who is very horror light, which is mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. I know, yep. and, I, and I think Augustine as well is like, we very much like horror, like truly terrifying, gory horror. Like it's something that we really enjoy. Of the MCU, this is probably <coughs> the most horrific we've ever gotten. And there's no probably there's no probably this is, sure is the most horrific we've i mean ever there got. are yeah. moments where there are really yeah. like visually uh gory things that happen again mm -hmm. it's not crossing the line of pg-13 i still think it's like mostly pretty accessible some things mm -hmm. i think do cross the line where a younger audience might be a little too extreme but for the most part the average mcu fan like i think they'll be really into it so i really yeah. enjoyed all that stuff and I feel like the movie hits the gas pedal and never takes its foot off the gas. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of surprising to me because it is two hours and six minutes long. And I know that was like a big, people made such a big deal about it. And I was like, well, maybe it's just a very efficiently made film. Mm -hmm. And I did feel that for the most part, you know, like I feel like when it hits the gas, it's going. When it needs to slow down a little bit to give you a little bit of context, it does. And then it hits the gas again and it just kind of goes all the way to the end. And I enjoyed it for that. I didn't need a three hour movie. So for the most mm -hmm. part, yeah, there was a lot that I really enjoyed. I'm excited to eventually talk about some spoilers to see and get your guys' takes on, on some things. But overall, I thought it was very enjoyable, very fun. Some of it was very funny. Some of it was very thrilling. And mm -hmm. there's some really fun moments in it. I am not a Sam Raimi stan. So Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. Get the hell out of here. I'm not a Sam stan. Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 are very mid to low tier for me. I don't have that like rose tinted glasses type reviewing, rewatching experience with Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. I will say this movie really made me enjoy his filmmaking style. This movie felt so like so much like him like Sam Raimi because I feel like they really let him explore the horror element the the kind of campiness that he's really good at with he's he did he had a really good blend of like campy but also making it hit so there was these moments in which they would they would have these moments with the camera and I'm just like that's campy but I fucking love it like it's so good for this moment I think he took whatever he learned and did in Spider-Man 1 and 2 and elevated it because they let him play in this bigger sandbox that's much more developed that he had a lot more time to really explore and not have a lot of limitations of VFX or anything like that. They just said, go for it. This is going to be what, what you want to do. I also feel like they uh, did really well with the VFX. I think the VFX are a combination of practical sets because there were some sets that looked kind of Willy Wonka-ish. When they were in that mm -hmm. weird utopian future, I was like, this is giving Willy Wonka vibes to anybody. Um, and so the combination of practical effects, the volume, the CG, some of the makeup work, I think was just like the, the, the costumes. I think everything just like visually hit the visual language of this movie is just perfect. It's just flawless for this, the type of movie that it is. Uh, a little bit of the writing was a little bit campy too, but I, it, I thought there was some lines that just hit 
Perfectly. Um, overall, this movie, like Adam said, it's it's a thrill from start to you start quick and it you end quick. And it's just it just keeps going. And uh, there was never a lull in this movie where I felt like, OK, it's dragging a little bit. Like, come on, let's keep it moving. It was just like, this is happening. This is happening. Holy shit. This is going to happen. Oh, my God. It just does not stop at all. And uh, yeah, uh, I was very happy with this movie. I'm not going to rank it in my MCU you know, movie catalog at this point either. All I know is that I came out of that movie very satisfied, very happy, very much looking forward to whatever's next. I actually I actually tried looking up to see if there was information whether or not it was shot in the volume. I didn't see anything, and I also can't recall if I noticed in the credits if it said ilm stagecraft anywhere so maybe when we watch it again it we'll find out more it was. um but yeah i agree i think the visual effects were it has moments where it's like it leans into the cheesiness of the visual effects but i think in other parts where it's kind of big and mm -hmm. epic feeling i think the visual effects mm -hmm. really really deliver so the, the 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 only reason where i can almost i'll put money on it where it was shot in the volume is there are some shots of wanda hair blowing in the wind usually hair loose hairs are a very good way to tell whether it's shot on a green screen or shot in the volume because the composite her hair yeah. flyaway hairs were perfect there was every single yeah. detail was caught into her hair and i was like that's that's the volume 100 percent. you can't you can't tell me otherwise because this lighting is too natural. There were some <laughs> moments in which um, the, the the transporter sparkles were going and you could see not just the glow of the light, but also like in the reflection of the light in people's hair, you could see the, the shadows of the light moving in their hair. And I was like, that's the volume. That's the perk of the yeah. volume where you could have real life light interactions. And that's what make th makes things look really good. Yeah. So I was just looking out for those kind of details and I saw them. So. I think it's now time to dive into some spoilies. If you have yeah. not watched this movie and you want to watch it and you don't want to know anything about what happens, now is the time to pause this video. Save it for later. Go watch the movie. Come back. There's a whole reason why we waited a Friday to put out this review so nobody gets spoiled beforehand. So you should go see it first. I still don't even understand the folks who not only they're like, ah, oh, spoilers don't bother me, but then they like go out of their way to comment on our videos or to tell us, like, not only do spoilers not bother <laughs> yeah. me, I seek them out. I embrace right, chaos. Right, I just right. feel I like, what kind of a it. contrarian type of a person is like proud of like- You're a crazy person, give, are I you? Uh -huh. I don't give a care. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. If the movie's any good, it'll yeah. still be good. It's like, yeah, man, but like I said, the, 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 this film is designed to capture some surprises and for you to experience mm -hmm. them in the theater with other people reacting and have that communal right. surprise and shock and stuff. And there's some great moments like that, man. I yeah. agree with Augustine about the visual effects. Some of the effects looked fantastic to me. And I will say to me, some of them looked a little undercooked, a little like, okay, you, you guys are, I'll give you an example. When, when they, uh, uh, since we're in spoiler territory now, when America Chavez, who's a great character, I really like this mm -hmm. character, mm -hmm. um, with Wong and with Stephen Strange are on like a rooftop. It felt mm -hmm. very CG. It felt very green screen or on the volume or like very very cg i was looking yes, at that shot because right. i know exactly what shot you're talking about i was like yes, yes. why does this shot feel so why am i why is what is what's disconnecting from this shot it but felt what, like sesame feels, street you guys it felt, it very felt like sesame street yeah, yeah it felt like, like sesame street, street, very crazy, but also very like weird at the same yeah. time like a step here's here's my theory and i was thinking about this the entire time i have a feeling that the volume has allowed the budget to change a little bit 
Sometimes it's cheaper to build a set than to do everything in CG. I'm guessing that they were like, let's build this little tiny rooftop set, shoot it on the volume. The only issue is that that rooftop set is very limiting. And so it felt yeah. it felt like a scene from Sesame Street. That, that scene yes. felt a little cheesy, a little campy, but I was like, I think this is what Raimi was going for. And I will say too, like, I think that they're really, like the entire visual effects team for Marvel movies, I think have, have done a pretty good job of prioritizing stuff. You know, when we go, when we look back at like Avengers Infinity War versus like Black Panther, we've had this discussion where it's like, you could tell yeah. that they diverted some funds from the third act mm -hmm. of Black Panther yeah, right. to yeah. the very important, we have to really nail Thanos as a character to get, you know, mm -hmm. those kinds of priorities. So now we're talking about an opening scene in act one of a rooftop scene to get some exposition out of the way. And then we're going to move on to CG creatures, zombie effects. I think stuff that looked awesome that you could tell like they spent time and money on but there is mm -hmm. still stuff that like i said felt a little undercooked and i'm going is it because of budgets is it because of we're also now in the whole new world of filming in a pandemic like logistically mm -hmm. can they only film certain scenes where they're like we can't have extras in these scenes so we're going to pivot this to yeah. an isolated rooftop these kinds of things that i don't think that people take into account and it's even tough to be thinking about as you're watching a movie and you're trying to get into the story and you're like how did the pandemic affect this like the shooting schedule. Right, so right. All I'll say as a fan, like, and I know some of the movies have even recently swapped some release dates and there's, they're always constantly shifting things around. I will say as a fan, I will always be on the side of visual effects houses. If there's a mm -hmm. movie that it's like, they're going to be in super, super crunch or the movie can come out three months later, I say as a fan, put it out three months later. I've, of course, mm -hmm. I'm dying to see all these movies, but I will always be on the side of give the visual effects houses time and the budget to do their work and do a stellar mm -hmm. job and not just mm -hmm. cut corners or do CBBs could be betters in the case of, well, you know, we got like a zombie strange that looks sick. Mm -hmm. Here's a little rooftop scene. Let's just, let's just go. So that's all it's, and well, I think that, I, but, but, but there's a lot of in this movie that has that feel but it yes. i think it does tend to fall into the it, it adds to the feeling of campiness fun rough around the edges right, rawness, right. now, now that Raimi, frankly that you mentioned that hector that kind of goes in line with once again spoiler territory zombie dr doom right he was clearly dr. wearing makeup Strange? i'm sorry yeah doctor sorry doctor strange i have dr doom on the mind all the time so you guys can't even know doc so it was zombie doctor strange you could clearly tell he was wearing makeup right with a little bit of cg alteration with the with the missing pieces out of his mouth yeah but i yeah. think that's part of the coolness of it like there's other makeup that we've seen in other movies that's just a complete cg face replacement and that's right. fine but i think there's something charming of somebody this day and age in the marvel machine who is unlimited funds and just everything at their disposal to go back and use you know foam or latex prosthetics on somebody's face mm -hmm. i think that's dope i think that's really cool and that's yeah. that's what i feel I like that. we were talking about before this earlier where this movie felt like a bunch of dudes in the basement going oh what if we did this wouldn't it be gnarly if we did that take the camera and put it under then flip it that way and then zoom here like that's it's so cool yeah. it's just so cool to me i love that kind of stuff yeah and like you uh, know what hector was saying you know I, I i am interested to see what the younger audiences think about that because yes they've mm -hmm. seen mo they've most likely seen sam raimi spider-man movies some of that camera work and some of that stuff is present in some of those movies but not mm -hmm. as much as Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is yep. 
more of a horror type of film mm -hmm. that Sam Raimi is used to making than Spider-Man, which is kind of the exact tonal opposite mm -hmm. that has like some horrific type of like Green Goblin, you know, like there's some ones over there, but I am interested to see if they're like, oh, I'm not really into this filmmaking style. Well, Adam, talk this? to us about the horror elements. Like, what was your yeah. favorite part? Like, did it did it do it for you in the horror department? Yeah, I mean, you know, like when I talked about your the jingles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I was talking about the non-spoiler part, you know, I'm one of those people that it's spooky or poopy. I'm yeah. kind of like you in the sense that, you know, I really like the horror stuff. And there was a couple of people who I did see who are more horror enthusiasts who were like, oh, they finally brought horror into the MCU. And like, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. super happy about it. I'm glad that this had a lot of visual elements of horror, really tries to make you feel uncomfortable at certain times. At the end of the day, yes, it is still a part of a PG-13 world and you can only push that so mm -hmm. far, but I'm still happy that they at mm -hmm. least attempted it and that they did it because it made the movie a little bit more enjoyable for me some mm -hmm. things that i think are scary for other people was more thrilling for me but that yeah. kept me engaged in the film there's moments where yeah. wanda is like tracking dr strange and america chavez coming down the hallway and her eyes are glowing red and she's breaking through she's walls covered in covered like in care, blood. like blood like care well it's not yeah. even blood it's oil but it's they oil made it look like Ultron blood. bots yeah it's so cool and man from the sentry bots yeah and it's really cool and then there's a moment where she disappears and then you think mm -hmm. like okay she's gonna blast the door Last of the door. Attention we're holding, is we're holding, we're holding, we're holding. Yeah. And then she turns a corner with her beady, glowing red eyes. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. You know, it's so a lot amazing. of that stuff I really, really hate up. And even yeah. the parts where Sam Raimi is introducing like a monster character, mm -hmm. it feels very monster movie-esque, very like kind of 50s-ish, 60s-ish monster movie-esque with obviously the gloss of 2021, 2022 CG. Mm -hmm. But it worked really well for me. And mm -hmm. I know there's one scene that came out that is Doctor Strange rescuing America Chavez. And for whatever reason, Twitter really like got hung up on one extra in the background who's like repeat shown repeatedly multiple times. And I'm like, what a bummer. If that's the level of nitpick that we're getting into with these movies. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that turns you off from enjoying the film that I'm like, why are you even watching these movies? Mm -hmm. To me, yeah. Yeah. one of the things that I actually enjoyed about that scene was the fact that it was in the middle of New York. I mean, I don't know how much mm -hmm. of it was a set versus, you know, volume or CG, but it mm -hmm. felt like a real street in New York. The people were genuinely terrified by what they were looking at mm -hmm. and they really were like interacting with the with the actual set and a lot of times in these superhero movies the public is kind of away we don't really see how the events are affecting the public i think the avengers is w the one that i remember the most other than age of ultron where they literally blow up a whole city but you know the latter avengers films there's not much to deal with like the public it's like you have a mall of wakanda and then they're in the they're in a yeah. base in upstate new york so the stakes yeah. don't feel as high for the rest of the world but they feel super high for our heroes whereas in this movie mm -hmm. it's just kind of interacting with whoever is kind of occupying living in that world i think it makes it feel a little bit more realistic and it honestly just made it feel a little bit more like the original spider-man films because in those movies the public is like all over the place like there's there's yeah. extras everywhere in those movies yeah i mean look at the bus the are uh, the train scene right yeah the whole the, everybody on the train is is behind spider-man at that point yeah. but sorry Heck, go ahead. it's to, to that point of that of that stupid nitpicky thing that person already got dunked enough on twitter about like you know how that person decides to watch movies but it is a problem with modern nerdy geeky fandoms it's not mm -hmm. just marvel but it's also star wars and star trek and if there are people watching movies and tv shows and all they care about is continuity at that level and they think that if you have an unlimited budget something like a marvel movie that you should be able to catch that continuity and make that stuff mm -hmm. perfect 
but you're not thinking to yourself, oh, I'm glad that they picked the best shots with the best acting to convey mm -hmm. in that scene. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch doing the best acting, depicting of his emotions, but you're more concerned with the continuity, then I feel that you've lost the the point a little bit and that, that yeah. you need to kind of reset and be like, wait, why do I like movies? What am mm -hmm. I trying to get out of movies? If it's just about being a, a continuity machine, then I think that you're into then like go get into computer science or something like go get into something else where that can matter and that's that's the focus versus filmmaking and acting and things that are representations of the world if you if i i did think about that that little twitter thing as we we're watching the scene and it ruined it because if i didn't see that i would have just been seeing dr strange save america chavez you know what i mean from mm -hmm. a cool big one-eyed monster but instead i was like oh mm -hmm. this is that scene yeah that guy that ran by i guess he's gonna keep running by and i'm trying to focus on dr strange and i'm trying to focus on other yeah. stuff and i was trying to like you know i had to like actively not look at the background and i remember thinking like god damn it this kind of ruins this moment because mm -hmm. i'm trying to get swept mm -hmm. up in the thing so anyway yeah. Now that we are in spoiler talk, I wanted to 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 bring up kind of the the for me like a major question of this movie, and I want to get your guys' take on this. Is the movie sort of upstaged by the Illuminati and by Wanda and by the 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 big marvelness of it, or is it able to pull off being a focused story about Stephen Strange, the character, and like what he kind of goes through? It's in my opinion, it's okay if it goes one way or the other. I want to get your guys' take on it. Are are people going to walk away like they did with Spider Man No Way Home, and they still felt it for Peter despite all of that craziness? Does this movie pull that off too, or does it get a little carried away with the uh, you know uh, the, the loose focus a little the bit cameos. from Stephen? Mm -hmm. Augustine, mm -hmm. I think it's very much focused. If they hadn't have treated the cameos like they did, I think it's a great, I think overall it's a great focus on Doctor Strange because at the end of the day, you really, um, you really get the feeling that he is very longing for his relationship with, with, uh, Rachel McAdams character um, yeah. you could tell that he regrets his actions he uh, wishes it was a different way just all those emotions of like a, a lost love that couldn't have had happened any other way basically that mm -hmm. they weren't meant to be at the end of the day but you know that it could have been something awesome I feel like it's a very even though it's like big and we have some crazy cameos specifically Xavier's cameo uh the fact that they knocked him out right away I thought was awesome I thought it's Marvel's way of just shitting on every single tweet that came out about John Krasinski <laughs> being uh, Dr. Uh, Reed Richards I think it's great because they're like guys we are going to do it but not because you tell us to just sit your ass down look at watch watch John Krasinski get turned into spaghetti you know like <laughs> his watch, arms watch, are heavy yeah John Krasinski watch, turns John, into spaghetti yeah, Josh, watch Professor Xavier get his neck snapped because somebody is mentally yeah. stronger than him. I think it's so cool, and I think they allowed it to be a Doctor Strange-centric movie at the end of the day because just in my mind's eye, as you could say, I when looking back at that movie, it does like all my image, all, all my images and good memories of it all are centering around Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. And that's the feeling I get overall. So I feel like, yes, it is a cool. Doctor Strange movie, not a Doctor Doom movie, a Doctor Strange movie. So I think that like <laughs> those cameos, I think if you're making this movie, you're putting that in there. 
You have to be aware of that, that that is going to be inevitably the most talked about thing on the internet this weekend. Nobody's going to talk about the character arcs for Doctor Strange. Wanda, probably they will, because we know WandaVision is still pretty fresh in people's minds. Like the sequel to Doctor Strange took six years to come out. Yes, he was in Mm -hmm. the Avengers films, but you're dealing with so much other stuff. Like this is the first movie that is a personal Doctor Strange story in six years. So I think that 2016 mm-hmm. movie, unless people have been actively rewatching it, maybe it's a little bit like they're forgetting a little bit of what that story was. I think there's a lot of questions and a lot of discussions potentially about Wanda and whether or not this movie betrays what it sets up in WandaVision and where, I shouldn't say sets up, but how it concludes that story and where it leaves mm-hmm. her versus where it kind of takes her here. I do personally think that Elizabeth Olsen was extremely good in this movie Phenomenal. as Phenomenal. Wanda yeah. Maximoff. Like this is the yeah. most she's gotten to do in a film yet. There's a part of me that's a little bummed that it is a villainous role because cinematically, at least on film, you know, we've haven't really, really seen her be a hero. And WandaVision, mm-hmm. it's kind of that gray area where she's figuring it out and she's dealing with a lot of trauma. And then we put her in this movie and she's a villain. You see the reasons for why she is the villain of the story. And you Mm. want to feel bad for her because of everything she's been through. But she is the villain at the end of the day. But I do think that like her performance is is absolutely incredible. It's probably like she was really good in WandaVision. I would say she might be even a little bit better in this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to Doctor Strange, I agree. I think there definitely are moments. And I think that there is an arc. I don't know if it sticks out as clearly as it does with some of the yeah. other characters. You know, or like I was or thinking, as, as clearly as his arc in the first film, which that origin of exactly. Stephen Strange learning you know, that it's not about you yes. is such a great thesis. Yes. And yeah, I, I, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, but I definitely do think that like all of that stuff is under the surface. Like I think everything, what he's going through, how he feels conflicted as a hero, what he learns about himself through the multiverse and how that affects him and how that leads him to go down the path that he goes down and the sacrifices that he makes to, I guess, kind of be victorious at the end of the film, I think it get, might get a little bit lost, but it's there. But you have to kind of just let everything else off to the yeah. side. You have to kind of push everything else away and not be so focused on the cameos and a lot of that cool stuff and just really be like, okay, well, what's what's Steven's story here? Like, what's he doing? I want to talk about Wanda, but I also want to say for Steven mm-hmm. that it, it made me so happy to have Charlize Theron show up at the end who for years was my pick for Susan Storm for years. And, and, and I was telling Adam right at the end of the movie, we're walking out. I was like, I never thought that she was going to get involved in this franchise. Cause I was like, okay, h- how many more good roles are there left for right. an actor mm-hmm. like Charlie Theron to really pick up and, 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 and chew on. And when the, the, the moment happened at the end, mid credit scene, both you guys turned to me and you're like, who is that? And I was so yeah. happy because I'm like, it's that feeling of like, I know exactly who that is. I know about the potentiality of this character. Uh-huh. You, leaned, so you, happy you literally because... leaned over and you're like, time to read some comic books, motherfucker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Charlize Theron is playing Clea or Clea. I don't know mm-hmm. how she didn't say her name. We didn't hear it. I, I don't know how it's going to be pronounced. She is effectively the daughter of Dormammu. And she comes from the dark dimension. And she is Stephen Strange's longest running kind of most important love interest in the comic books. And she is somebody who comes from the dark dimension, but decides to break off from that world or her family or her Mm. father and try and follow the path of the light. And she ends up being a really powerful sorcerer, Mm. sorceress or sorcerer. And she ends up staying on earth for a long time with Stephen Strange. But then there's times where like in, in, in great comics involving the Illuminati, where other characters are like, hey, how's it going with Clea? And he's like, she, uh, we broke up. She went back to the dark dimension. And like Tony Stark <laughs> or somebody is 
is giving Stephen Strange shit. Like, yeah. so your wife rather would rather have gone back to the dark dimension than work it out with you. And Stephen's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like this great relationship. And I That's think um, about Stephen in this film, I think that in the past, that formula of like, here's the third Thor movie. And then Hulk is in a big part of it. And it's almost like a buddy movie. And here is the third Spider-Man movie. And Doctor Strange is in a big part of it. Or in the second mm -hmm. Spider-Man movie, Nick Fury's the big one. Or in the first one, here's Iron Man. He's the big one. I think that that approach works mostly. And I have been so stoked as a Marvel fan to see these characters kind of knock this stuff out. I will say that for the third Doctor Strange movie, and I'm really, really hoping it gets announced sooner than later rather than six years, but like soon, 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 and bring mm -hmm. back Charlize Theron and, 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 and really do it. I want that to be basically the last Doctor Strange movie, to be the best mm -hmm. Doctor Strange movie, and to be the most Doctor Strangey of all the Doctor Strange movies. To get so into the world that he's in and how he mm -hmm. defends he and Wong and everybody defends Earth from those forces. And I think that going forward, just like how we have Sam Wilson as Captain America, and we're going to get She-Hulk, and we're going to mm -hmm. get, you know, possibly Monica Rambo is going to be also Captain Marvel in the Marvels. I think that mm -hmm. there could be another Sorcerer Supreme. We already have Wong. I want to see Wong and all those characters, you know, I want, like Benedict Wong has said, he wants a Disney Plus show. I'm saying there's mm -hmm. so much more you could do with those characters if you kind of build them out a little bit, but give Stephen Strange a great third movie send-off, focus on mm -hmm. him, focus on him and Charlize Theron as Clea, and have it be the sort of final confrontation between him and Dormammu, and then bring yeah. in Nightmare as a, you know, to just knock out all the great, hell, bring in Mephisto, Mephisto as some sort of cameo, to just really focus on the world of Doctor Strange without mm -hmm. adding an, an additional Marvel character. Wanda worked for this movie for a bunch of reasons because of the Darkhold. Mount Wendigore, you know, mm. the Scarlet Witch. That's all Doctor in Doctor Strange's world. Mount the fact that they that had a funny. It's so oh, tell tell them about that moment, Adam. Just real quick, tell tell the audience about that moment. <laughs> yeah, because we're sitting in the theater, and I don't even I don't I don't even remember exactly what the context was. Wong Wong, yeah, Wong was talking Wong about says the place. something, and you looked at me. What is it called? Mount what? Mount Wendigore? Mount Wendigore. Wendigore, and he just leans over to him. And he goes, Mount Wendigore. And all of a sudden, Mount Wondergaard. He's like, come on, yeah. baby, I know my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh -huh. I want to get back to talking about Wanda, but but just to, to wrap up with Stephen Strange, like, mm. I think that his best movie has not even happened yet. And I'm really hoping that, mm -hmm. like, more of the focus can be revolving around him. And I'm, I'm more excited about the future of Doctor Strange in these movies than mm -hmm. at any point. So yeah. going back to Wanda, did this movie do her dirty? Is this the end of Wanda? Did she die? Is that it? Or are we going to see her again? And what's that going to be like? There's no way she died at the end of this. Yeah. And the re so the reason why is because I don't think a pile of rocks would end her. But also, <laughs> I feel like in, in a lot of the deaths we've seen in the MCU felt very earned and very much uh, final. Even not even deaths, just like even Cap's story at the very end felt like they took their time yeah. to really end that saga. This was just like curtains closing on Wanda. It didn't feel like the end. It felt like and scene and now we're going to go to therapy and she's going to come out happy. She's going to be on meds, depression meds for a while. She's going to work at Trader Joe's for a little bit. Maybe take maybe take time away from superheroing and just like really focus on herself and make herself happy. Um, like that's that's going to be Wanda's story for the near future, I mm -hmm. think. I want to pitch something to both of you guys. Oh, I think that this move, I think this film, the story is Wanda's lowest point. She killed people. She killed oh, heroes, yeah. innocent people, yeah. not just, you know, random bad 
bad guys and Hydra agents or what. I mean, she flat out is a villain who's killing people. Mm -hmm. I think it's her lowest point. And I think the next time we see her, get this. What if the pitch is the next time we see her, she's on a new group and they're called the Brotherhood of Mutants. Mm -hmm. And she's being led by her father, Magneto, and he's manipulating her. And in a way for her to break out of that, because think about her comic book story has always included the fact that she started as a villain, started as Mm -hmm. a mutant terrorist, started Mm -hmm. with Magneto, not knowing he was her father, but, and then, you know, in comic book fashion, she eventually learns and then it gets kind of retconned and whatever it is right now, but it's such a juicy relationship. It's so, so dramatically juicy. If she could come back next to Magneto and we wouldn't even expect to see her, but we are maybe expecting Magneto and then she shows up. And then to break her out of that is her coming to terms with who she is as a person. And she's kind of like, you know what? No, I'm not this. I'm an Avenger. I'm going to be a hero and like really bounces back mm-hmm. in a in a positive and heroic way and decides I'm now going to try to save as many lives as possible in an effort to make up for the fact that I had killed people before. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if other hero characters who yeah. kill people or whatever can can still have their redemption arcs, absolutely Wanda can as well. I believe I don't think that it's um, out of the question. What y'all think of that? Yeah, no, I, I do like that idea of, of, of her coming in with Magneto. I just don't know how much I can handle Wanda being sad anymore. Like we went through <laughs> yeah. WandaVision. Like WandaVision was sad, dude. Specifically that last I, episode where I, she had to let go Vision a second time. Yeah. Right? I just I'm talking sudden, about one movie, one X-Men movie. And oh, then Magneto's there and then she's right. there. And then by the end of that movie, she's a good guy. Good, good, good. She's, she's a good guy. You're right. But I feel like it would take more than one movie to kind of be redemptive at this point, which looking back at Wanda's arc, it's always so emotionally charged. Even she started off by losing her brother and then like she loses vision and then she loses vision again and now she's out murdering people and now she has to cope with the fact that she killed tons of people like straight murdered people Mm -hmm. uh in 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 other universes and in her own universe like i don't know if you can the entire illuminati yes exactly she literally blows his own brain out Right. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Um, So like, I don't know if you can redeem that in one movie. Maybe, Mm. like I said, maybe, maybe another WandaVision in which like she's doing therapy, but like kind of reversing the fact that she knows she's an alternate reality and working Mm. her way back to a real reality, you know, like Mm -hmm. Uh, fighting some kind of demons and like coming back into like reaching some kind of serenity in life. Mm-hmm. Because that's all I want for her at this point. Because it, she's so, it, it's so sad. It would be great. I thought this movie was going to give her an out because, you know, Stephen Strange talks about how the dark hold affects you. Mm-hmm. And since she started mm-hmm. reading it, oh, that's what really turned her. Like mm-hmm. she made the right choice at the end of WandaVision and saving Westview or like freeing them from her accidental control. But it's mm-hmm. the dark hold that influenced her. The dark hold mm-hmm. has, has corrupted her. I mm-hmm. think that I'd love to see her in one more film come back as a bad guy just to have that man- Magneto connection. But by the end of that, she, mm-hmm. she leaves. And then the rumors are that the Scarlet Witch is being developed as its own standalone film. And I think in that movie is what we can do exactly what you're describing or another show or another WandaVision season two or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that if there's folks that are like, oh, they did her dirty. She's not dead yet. We didn't see a body. No, we didn't, didn't see die. a body. Well, not only that, you know, my interpretation of the end of WandaVision was, yes, she frees Westview. Yes, she frees those people. Yes, she retreats and ends up in the middle of nowhere all alone. But that end credit scene very much teases that she is still 
messing with dark magic, messing with the dark hold. Yep. She seems like she's more than willing to do almost anything to get her kids back. So the idea of her being a villain in this movie doesn't feel like an unnatural step. If she's that desperate right. to get her kids back right. and she still isn't over vision, the death of vision and all that sort of stuff, maybe the movie could have maybe perhaps done a better job giving us an idea of the time jump. So we could have seen how long has she been mm -hmm. doing this? How long has she been, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like living within in the realm of the dark, the dark hold and mm -hmm. how is it affecting her? And you know, it, all these little things that maybe we could have done this little win window dressing to just so yeah. people understand oh, it's been a year or it's been blah, blah, blah. So she's yep. probably been mm -hmm. corrupted heavily over that course of time. But for me, I felt like I kind of thought we were setting this up and it kind of paying off what it was setting up. But I don't know, you does know, that take away just, her agency they, they, again? Like it does in other stories? I, I don't know. I guess it's a good I, question. I, I, I think that the, the, the solution for her as a character is going to be that, yes, you can still say, oh, the Darkhold corrupted me. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. in this movie, we had a scene where Stephen Strange told Wanda Maximoff, your children were never real, Wanda. And yeah, that, I love that as a comic book fan. That mm -hmm. is straight from the comics, and it's so yeah. fucked up. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's something that, like, I'm like, I'm like, Stephen, bedside manner. You're a doctor. Like, what do you talk? Of <laughs> you course know. your children were real. Right. Like, you know, Stephen, you messed up there. But I, I, I think that, that for this character to continue, Wanda, she should have agency, but she can still say, hey, I was corrupted by X, Y, and Z, but I'm still going to take responsibility for my actions. And I know what I did. And I, you know, kind of like the Winter Soldier where Bucky is like, I remember everyone I killed. And now he's in therapy. Now he's trying to like make up for it. Same sort of thing. So, you know, Wanda can just take responsibility for what she said and did mm -hmm. and then move forward from there. But yeah, I, Guys, I'm, I'm excited know, to, to see her again. You know what's going to help her heal? And I think it's something that we... It, we kind of overlook is that vision is out there vision the, remember right, vision, at the end of right, one vision, right. vision is out there and we don't have a resolution to that story they yeah. are going to reunite wanda is not dead wanda is not going anywhere her yeah. story will end with her being happy with vision and it's the only and, proper and, way to end her story and her kids i think are going to come back because in the comic books mm -hmm. they are members of the yeah. young avengers yeah. And we have all of these young Avengers in play, except for like one or two. Yeah. I think that they could come back as uh, other actors that are playing older versions of them, or mm -hmm. even though if they just kind of wait for those kids to age up a to little bit more, like bit, yeah. it, 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 Wanda could could find a way to coexist with like, okay, my kids or some version of my kids do exist. They are real. Mm -hmm. They're here. They have powers and maybe I can be their mom or maybe if, and even if I can't be their mom because like they have another mom or whatever, I can just be, you know, happy and be content that they're okay, that mm -hmm. they will be loved. So mm -hmm. there's a bunch of different things they could do I mean, with that it. That was um, the whole theme of this one. Just trust they will be loved. That's what Wanda told Wanda at the end of, of this one. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I, there's there's just a lot of healing that ha happened with this woman. Let's huh? talk about them cameos, baby. We got to talk about them cameos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so about, about those cameos. So about one of them cameo. was, one we saw one we saw in the trailer, Monica Rambo as Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. One was teased on the poster, which was Captain Carter. Then you well, have, that wasn't Monica. That was Maria. That oh, was Maria Rambo. Sorry, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah Maria Rambo. Mm -hmm. um, which was cool to see Lashana Lynch come back. Then we got obviously Xavier was in the trailer itself. I think the two big surprises that when we did the trailer, we're like, oh, Illuminati. We could have these two characters in there. They actually did bring back Anson Mount as Black Bolt. And mm -hmm. they put in the fan casting of John Krasinski as John Krasinski, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which before okay. we before we okay. walked out the door to go to the screen, I turned to Augustine. I was like, "What if they did something crazy? Like they put it, like they made Xavier from X Men the animated series, and they made John Krasinski." Mm -hmm. 
Mr. Fantastic. Adam called it. it. Adam called it. I I don't think anybody expected Anson Mount to come back as oh. Black Agar mm. Boltagon, Black oh. Bolt, which is which makes me so happy because that Inhuman show was bad. I fully chalk this up to Kevin Feige being a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Fully, because oh, he has been yeah. he has been killing it as Captain Christopher Pike. He's going to have a good week because his new show, Strange New Worlds, is premiering literally this week. Yeah. He is captain. He's in the captain seat. Mm-hmm. There were two Starfleet captains in the Illuminati, and I was so happy I because I, I expected Patrick Stewart, but to see yeah. Anson Mount come back, to see that they gave him the full-on it could have used a little work, maybe a little more cooking in the CG department, mm-hmm. but the Black Bolt costume, which was a, such an upgrade to what he had in the show, just that level of commitment. <laughs> I'm like, they brought back Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, Anson Mount. It's Marvel Studios going, no, 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 we'll still play with all these actors. That's all canon, yeah. baby. Yeah. But now we'll do it legit. And I want them <laughs> to, to, I can't. So here's the thing is so many of these cameos, I want them to be real and like in the main mcu 616 sacred mm-hmm. timeline i want you're, so, you're so happy about that he Hector yeah. brought a notebook yeah. so he could take a bunch of notes yeah. he said 616 and i've never seen that pen move fucking faster hector what was the other universe that they were in so there was 616 and there was 83 something 838 838 was 838. the christine palmer illuminati mm-hmm. Baron Mordo. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool too is that in the comic books, 616 comes from the Captain Britain Corps. The whole group mm-hmm. of all the different multiversal Captain Britons, they just happen to name the Marvel Comics universe. But in the MCU, they gave that to Rachel McAdams' character. They're like, she names it. And then you could extrapolate that and go, maybe that's where the TVA gets it. Because at some point, she just names all the realities and maybe the TVA is just observing time and they're like, okay, well, she named mm-hmm. them. So here's, here's how we're going to, you know, um, differentiate them. I was so happy that yeah. that happened. The and theater. I want to see. I heard whispers over everything. Well, because you've mentioned 616 in a few of our videos and the audience has been like, no, it's 1999. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's not. I have that comic book <laughs> too, but it's not that. Um, yeah, I want Anson Mount to come back. Uh, I loved seeing Haley Atwell as Captain Carter. Wow, that was amazing such a good, live action, such a good costume. Yeah, Lashana Lynch killed it as Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. Loved seeing mm-hmm. her come back to, to to for this fun cameo. She killed I it and was Patrick killed. Stewart and was killed. All of them were killed. <laughs> seeing Patrick Stewart was so fun. The yellow chair, the theme song. All of that stuff was a joy, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it took away from Logan, which is his real, true goodbye. And I think mm-hmm. it was just like a fun, like they can't. It's like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. They have those toys to play with. Yeah, it's such a good opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Patrick Stewart be considered the Charles Xavier in Six One Six MCU. I right. want them to right. recast Charles. Mm-hmm. They will. I don't know how you guys feel about all that stuff. I, I mean, I no, my thought, okay. Here's I here's my thought because a lot of people yeah. have been talking. Well, the few people who the just few saw people it. Who, who have, yeah, who, who saw it, you know, I've like seen things and obviously like people have been talking about online and some people said like, oh, some of these things are going to upset people. And I think it's because that they look at the John Krasinski casting and they go like, oh, so I guess this means that he's going to be Reed Richards in the MCU. Not necessarily. I think the mm-hmm. whole point of that scene mm-hmm. is to show us that, yes, of course, there are multiple versions of the same characters. That Professor Xavier, in my opinion, he's not from the X-Men trilogy, or the original X-Men trilogy, mm-hmm. right. you know, from Logan. He's not necessarily from the exact X-Men, the animated series cartoon either. 
he is a variant right. of that. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. Captain Carter that's in the movie is the same Captain Carter from What If. I don't mm-hmm. think that that Reed Richards is going to be the exact same Reed Richards we see in the MCU because we have variants that look like each other, but then we also have variants like Loki, like Spider-Man, that they do not look mm-hmm. like each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen Strange had variants that looked like Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. but then you had Toby Andrew and Tom Holland in one movie, and you had Loki right. variants played by different actors. So and I, species, I, exactly, and species, and species exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really do think okay. that those cameos are not saying we're killing Xavier from the X-Men films, we're killing Captain Carter from the What If. We're killing. No, you know, no, 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 no. You know, I think exactly. it's just them exactly. saying these are multiple, mm-hmm. multiple but, variants of the same character across mm-hmm. the universe. Yeah. Sky's the limit. Question: Out of the Illuminati, is there anybody who you're like, I want that to be the legit six one six version? I guess really the only options are Xavier, Reed Richards, and Black Bolt, because we we're all in agreement. Captain Carter is kind yeah. of a what if character. Like she is right. the Captain Carter of her reality, but it's like we've already had mm-hmm. Steve in the six one six. Right. And Lashana Lynch is Maria, but we've already is got Monica, died. her daughter, and correct. And Carol is Captain Marvel currently, but so we've already got that. And then Baron Mordo is the Sorcerer Supreme, but like we also have a Mordo. Mm-hmm. Right. So that so it's it's about Reed, it's about Charles, it's about Black Bolt. I want Black Bolt to be Anson Mount. I want somebody else to be Charles. And I think I think I would be okay if it's Krasinski as Reed. How do you guys feel oh, about it? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not on board. Go ahead. No Krasinski, buddy. I I I saw I saw the fan art and I was like, eh, it's not Oscar. I I really wanted Oscar Isaac to be Reed Richards. Like, let's just now leave that Spectre. there. Now he's Mark yeah. Spector. It's fine. He's been yeah. killing it as Mark Spector, right? So that's good. We got a good character. Uh, when I saw John Krasinski, I was like, I don't know if John Krasinski is leading man material in the MCU. Like, he is leading man material in his own movies and The Office and everything he's been in. He's great. I have no complaints about those roles. But I don't know if I could believe him as, like, the leader of the Fantastic Four. There's just, I don't know what it was. The costume was awesome. His intro was awesome. I don't know if I believed his line delivery. I'm not sure if his facial expressions were right for the scene. I don't know. Picture him like smoking out of an old school pipe. Does it make him seem more intellectual? Does it make him seem like he's holding it? To me, that's like him being ironic and being a hipster. Like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel like he would enjoy a fine tobacco out of this corn cob pipe that's been you know, from the 1920s that has been handed right, down and right. has been taken care of. Right? Like, I don't right. see that. From, I would see it as more like an ironic hipster kind of like, I, I smoke out of a pipe because I think it's quirky kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being a hater, though. I'm just sipping on <laughs> well, the hater no. in you guys. No, 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 no. You're not. You're, you're sipping on the, 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 I guess the word I'm thinking of is like the way that people think of John Krasinski. And mm-hmm. for better or for worse, he is Jim Halpert from The Office. And that's such a good role. And that's such a good show. Yeah. And he held yes. that show down. And he is wonderful yeah. as Jim. And there's probably a lot of him in Jim. So that's why when I think we see John Krasinski, you know, in interviews and red carpets or whatever, like we 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 get a little bit of that of like, this guy seems like a good dude. Mm-hmm. And he seems, yeah. you know, he's got a little Absolutely. bit of Jim in him. I mean, he had so the question in America. Is, so they yeah, saw yeah. something in and, him. And, and, then, and then he saw Hemsworth and he went, nope, that's, nope, I can't do it. Nope. <laughs> and then it's lovable. I think the reason I would be okay with it is because I know he's a great actor and yes. I know that audiences do love him. Yeah. And I think this movie didn't let him fully show off what he could be as Reed. And right. that's why I'm like, is, but the, I'd, give, but, I'd give him but, another shot. And I'm fine with that because that is, 
again, that's not the point of the movie. It's not a it's, Reed Richards yeah, right. intro film. And I think right, that right. is something where, yeah. Are you, are you, are you on team Krasinski honestly, or not on I'm, team Krasinski? I'm okay with it. Like, I really like a quiet place. I think he's a really good director and I think he's a really good actor. I think quiet place mm-hmm. shows. And I think this is the case with all drama and horror. When you take comedic actors and you put them in horror and and thrillers and that and dramas Mm -hmm. you really get to see how well they can stretch their talent i think he's so good in that first quiet place movie and i know he's done other films too like 13 hours he's really good in that as well so yeah but like this is not a showcase for john krasinski as reed richards this is just like we wanted some really big cameo and what better cameo than to get someone that fans won't shut up about than john krasinski so i feel like that's what that is would I necessarily yeah. want him to play Reed Richards in the MCU going forward? Are you really going to fulfill that fan casting of Emily Blunt and John Krasinski as Sue and, and Reed? It is it is a little it, too it, predictable it, now at this it, point, and it, it just, it I don't know. Like, I, I want to feel like they're really going out there and really trying to find the best possible versions. Yeah. Not to say that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt couldn't be that. But it just kind of is one of those things where it's just like, well, the internet said it, and that's actually not a bad idea, so let's just do it. So I don't know. Yeah, I I wouldn't be against it. It would be cool if they were like, John Krasinski won't play Reed Richards, but he's going to direct the movie. And I'd be like, oh, Mm -hmm. shit. Well, that's cool. That's really interesting. And if it were Krasinski as Reed, but somebody else other than Emily Blunt was Susan Storm, it would honestly be kind of weird at this point. I would be like, Mm -hmm. why didn't they just Emily Blunt to do it? You know they have great (laughs) chemistry. They've played husband and wife. Like, like, you know, to, to... just lean into that and the other thing about krasinski as reed is that it sets up this domino effect of these four major characters if reed richards is john krasinski and he's played by a white guy and then they bring in emily blunt who is his lovely wife in real person and she's also white and she's susan storm that means johnny storm her brother is probably going to also be white because they're not going to even repeat the 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 mm-hmm. thing from the last Fantastic Four movie where oh well she's white but she's adopted and the family the Storms they're black so that we can have mm-hmm. Michael B Jordan play the Human Torch and then that means that it really wouldn't matter what ethnicity the thing the was thing because is. it's just going to be a dude who gets turned into the thing so it's like you should probably get like a white Jewish guy from New York to play this character whether it's Seth Rogen you know Alan the Alien <laughs> people have fantastic Adam Sandler people have fancasted some great actors that are like out of left field but yeah. they're like these amazing lovable big-hearted like jewish new yorker guys like that's part of what the thing is supposed to be that means the fantastic four is white four of them and it's like uh, we're talking about oscar isaac could you have reed be latino could you have the storms be latino could you have reed be mm-hmm. black could you have you know there's all these different you know could you have the storms be asian could you have all these different options to to kind of update the classic fantastic four but then again they are other than Reed and Sue coming from different places and then meeting and then falling in love and then having kids like Susan and Johnny are a family. And, you know, oftentimes families are mostly the same ethnicity, but there are mixed families and there's a lot of variety there. And so, yeah, it starts to make you think about like the, the, the demographics of it. And it's like, man, right. is Marvel going to really have like four main characters in an upcoming movie? You know, not including just like their previous movies, not including, oh, well, maybe Ben Grimm's girlfriend, Alicia Masters, can be played by a black woman. She was played by Kerry Washington in the in the mm-hmm. original uh, Fantastic Four films. So like other than these like side characters, you know, oh, these supporting characters can be like, you know, um, non-white yeah. and, and more diverse mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
it does make you think about that and go, man, even just with Krasinski, that's a domino that like, what, what could that entail? What does it exactly. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just, just really enjoy the fact that they killed them off so quickly because I feel like it was a way of Marvel saying, Hey, Hey, this is not Sonic the Hedgehog. You don't get to call the shots. We're going to play a little <laughs> bit, but then we're going to kill him right off right away. Like, I feel like that's exactly what they were saying. Uh, I feel like it's a good way of signaling to us that they do have a plan. And at the same time, they are listening to us as fans. And maybe who knows who was the initial person that they had to play Reed Richards, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then they heard this and they're like, okay, wouldn't it be cool if we just brought him in? We're going to kill him off anyway. Let's do it. Fine. No problem. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any further implications. I also think 100% that the lineup of the Illuminati was also impacted by the fact that Chadwick Boseman passed away because mm-hmm, the Black Panther is a member of the Illuminati. So I think that, mm-hmm. or at least he he walked away from it because he's like, I'm not going to be a part of this. This is yeah. this is morally and ethically wrong. Mm-hmm. But like, if Chadwick were still with us, I think that they would have definitely brought him in as a as a alternate variant one-off yeah. version of of T'Challa. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 the whole sequence to see Black Bolt use his power to kill that Stephen Strange and mm-hmm. then to see that Wanda pull the, pull the Matrix move on him where he didn't have a mouth <laughs> and then he killed himself was shocking and awesome. Yeah. Such yeah. a great use <laughs> of that so character. Cool. So, so That's cool. That's what I will say. Yeah. I think, um, I, I do agree. I think killing off those characters as quickly as they did, obviously, Xavier was the last one to go and C- Captain Carter and Captain Marvel put up a good fight. But to just see her immediately turn Mr. Fantastic into spaghetti and have Black mm-hmm. Bull blow up, the, literally blow the back of his head apart oh, was yeah. pretty mm-hmm. awesome. But that it's moment so with Xavier, cool. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, we're really giving mm-hmm. Xavier this moment to really have like a one-on-one with a character from a completely different universe. Like, th- it was it was a cool moment. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly. Like, I was actually pretty impressed that... Some of the deaths were as graphic as they were. Sometimes in the uh, other Marvel films, I feel like they they almost them. feel a little I safer. Yes, absolutely. Like we've never seen a shield go through somebody, and Captain Carter died by getting split in half by her own shield. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> that's, that's gnarly. When Black Bolt used his voice. His head exploded on one side and caved in on another side. Like it was brutal. And I I think that's a huge like, yeah, we're doing this to your precious fan casting. That's right. This is what we're doing. And you can't do anything about it. Yeah. We got our own plan, but you got what you wanted, right? Let's move on. Oh, hopefully this movie, this entire movie, the Sam Raiminess of it mm-hmm. will work like way drug for younger audiences to be like, I think, you know, there's gonna be a bunch of kids and young people going, Ooh, I think I really like this. Who did this? Mm-hmm. Mom, Dad, I think I want to watch Evil Dead. And then they might mm-hmm. get into some Sam Raimi fun. I hope that parents put on Army of Darkness when they go home and show their kids. Like, that's the level of campy fun. Like, mm-hmm. Dad, who was that hot dog guy? Oh, that was Bruce Campbell. You got to learn about who that guy is. You got to learn today about hot dog vendor. learn today. today. Hopefully, yeah. That w- it would be great if it was a gateway drug to other horror and yeah. to other styles of horror and to especially to Sam Raimi's career, which is his mm-hmm. such a great filmography and so many great yeah. movies. And it was a fun Overall, exploration of the multiverse as well, like the sequence yes. where America Chavez and Doctor Strange just literally go through multiple rippling oh, effects of the cool. multiverse was really cool to see all that stuff and to see the animated version, the dinosaurs, like all these things. And then at one point where they go through like literal paint. And she yeah, and Doctor Strange is like going through that paint universe doesn't seem like it'd be fun. She's like, 
harder to eat in that one. And I'm like, yeah, that's wild. But I, I enjoyed yeah. all that stuff. I think it's really fun. Even though a lot of those, you know, those specifically didn't have any cameos, it was cool to just see that all that stuff is on the table. All of that stuff is out there. If Marvel Studios ever wants to do more with that, they can because it's now a real mm -hmm. thing. It's canon. The multiverse is canon. I was a bit surprised that like a lot of people were suggesting that people should watch Loki before watching this film. Not as required reading as like you would think or hope. No. It's fine mm -hmm. if you don't watch it. The movie does a really good job of summarizing everything that's happening. America Chavez does a really great job of just being like, this is the multiverse. This is where I came from. This is where I need to go. And this is what's happening. And you're like, great. I got all this exposition in one dining room scene, which was great. Yeah. I also think this movie as one of the improvements on the original Doctor Strange's. I did think that it gave Rachel McAdams way more to do. And I yeah. really love her as an actor and her character had more to do in this and to, for her to play that love her in general you're just in love with her yeah i do and maybe i do she was great and to and to let her come back and play first of all the woman who was getting married the original christine wonderful scene and like her husband being a fan and all that stuff was great and yeah. and you know her and, and benedict cumberbatch were really really good in the few moments they had together but then to have to bring her back and be like i named the multiverse realities mm -hmm. you know she had many great moments with our Stephen Strange, this new yeah. 838 version of Christine Palmer, and they did give her more to do, and he couldn't save the day unless he had her help, and all that stuff was dope. My favorite Christine but, moment was um, when she picked up that whatever ancient holy artifact with the candle. I said, hell. go back to hell. <laughs> I love, that's the, that's the kind of campy stuff that's really dope. Like, it's just such a, like, it's a classic, just oh, dope line that I could not believe we were hearing in the MCU. It's so cool. Yeah, it was a <sighs> good time. One thing I do, I also do want to say the thing that I liked and I told this to Augustine when we walked out was the image was a really nice looking image. The color was really good. It like the mm -hmm. warm tones really worked when they were in New York. Like it felt like it had that rainy sort of look and feel to it. The contrast was really nice. It had a really nice color because I think a lot of the time in a lot of these movies, we've talked about how sometimes I don't know the color. It's kind of feels washed out in this. Mm -hmm. It didn't. And maybe it was the projector and the theater that we were watching it in. It wasn't spec. It wasn't specified as a Dolby theater, but it looked very, very clean, like really clean, yeah. really colorful when it needed to be. It really made the, the multiverse feel very vibrant and alive. And I just, I just appreciated that because it works both in when they're in the daylight and you just get to see the whole universe. And then it really accentuates the horror because it feels very creepy and spooky and dark in a lot of mm -hmm. places. So I really liked that. Yeah. And it kind of was a standout for me in the movie. Honestly, I'm watching and I'm going, I really appreciate this color grade. It looks really good. Mm -hmm. it, it looked really, really good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Clean, baby. Clean. Any other final <laughs> thoughts before we wrap out our review? Uh, I just can't wait to watch it again. I'm excited it's to watch this in 3D. Movie. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Be so no, cool. I am going to be once again effing crushed if they don't put this out on 3D Blu ray. I could already tell. Like, come on, come on. Believe, Hector, you gotta believe, you son of a bitch. Come on, James Cameron, bring it back with Avatar The Way of Water. Come on. <laughs> but, guys, let us know in the comments below what you thought about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, all the cameos, everything. Let us know down in the comments below. I hope that anybody who watched this didn't watch this before they watched the movie. If you did, you're a bad boy. <laughs> Check out all the other reviews and other videos on our channel. Subscribe if you haven't already. 
We will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.